1: So go to squarespace.com stuff right now, and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code STUFF, and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from
0: HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Pumpkin chucking, pumpkin chucking, pumpkin chuckin'! That's right, Chuck. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Clearly, Chuck Bryant's here. And uh, let's talk about pumpkin chunking, I guess. You just kind of forced our hand, Chuck. Yes, the road to pumpkin chunking and pumpkin chunking.
0: <laughs> so that's on uh, that's on Science Channel, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. You can see some pumpkins get chunked.
2: Pumpkins get chunked. Pumpkins. Yeah. Okay. Again, Science Channel, the road to pumpkin chunking starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Pumpkin chunking itself... Starts at 9. Great. Thanksgiving night. Yes. Science channel. On with the show. Yeah, Chuck. um, Have you ever belonged to a population? No, man. I'm like, (laughs) I'm totally independent.
0: Screw (laughs) population. You're
2: like that guy who uh, lives on the commune, right? Right. Yeah, well, the joke's on him because a commune constitutes a population. That's right. Um, this sounds kind of boring, and you would think it is. We're I about it to might do be. How Population Works. It actually started to pick up. I actually didn't know what it was even going to be when I saw How Population Works. I was like, what? You know it's awesome? This was my idea, this article was. I, I pitched the, it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: Why didn't they let you write it?
2: I don't know. Jerks. I know. But the Grabster did a good job with it.
0: Oh, yeah. The Grabster is always good. Yeah. Classic. That's, that's Ed Grabanowski, by the way.
2: Right. So um, human beings... <laughs> marriage. <laughs> Human beings tend to um, congregate. Yes. we uh, And segregate, interestingly. That is an excellent... You just blew my mind. <laughs> Good Lord, Chuck. Um, well, let's get back to what I was saying. Right. Unless you want to go no, on no, the segregation no, no. right? We'll, we'll get on that later. Um, humans congregate yeah. and segregate, but mm-hmm. let's talk about congregation in that um, most of the time, I would say, our early, early ancestors... Uh, and probably even other species, uh, congregate because there's safety in numbers. Sure. And it helps, like, with farming, collecting water and food, group power numbers. But even before farming, um, hunter, hunter gatherers oh, lived yeah, sure. in bands of, I think, 30 was about tops. They figured out somewhere along the way that groups of 30, mm-hmm. or groups of more than 30, there tended to be a lot more hostility and, um, right. intergroup problems.
0: Have you ever tried to kill a mastodon by yourself?
2: That's another good point too. There's not cooperation. Easy. Sure. Mastodon. <laughs> um, there's um, if if let's say if you are farming and your crop fails, well, you're not standing there like, well, I'm in trouble. Yeah, I'm gonna. You die can now. say, hey, neighbor, um, I'll totally give you favors of some variety if you will let me have some of your grain. Right. I'll give you a chicken, let's say. Sure. It's you bar- can trade. Yeah. Barter. There's a lot of reasons people live together. So. It's my theory that people aggregate together naturally. Yes. And then there are people out there who get their jollies by studying these groups of people. They're called demographers. Yeah, demographers. So we have populations, natural or otherwise, and let's say a natural population uh, today are people who live in a certain state. Yeah, Georgians. Right. That's where we are. So you have natural populations, Mm -hmm. and demographers study them, right? Sure. Um, And... They look at things like, say, how many people in this natural population are Republicans or Democrat or how many are Caucasian right? or how many have um,
0: how many live below the poverty line. All kinds of things you can study. Right. By looking at a
2: population. And are, 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 is this, uh, are these groups segregated like you brought up? Mm -hmm. You know, like if you study, uh, where different races are living, are they living mingling? If so, then that's probably a fairly harmonious place, hopefully. Right. If not, why are they living apart? How do we fix this? Because it's probably a problem. Sure. Uh, who knows? But yes, so demographers study populations, natural or otherwise, right? Yes. The problem is, is you, very few people have the ability to hover over the earth and use super binocular vision to study populations by sight. Yeah, very few people. Yeah. Like three or four, I think. Tops. Uh, so. Does that count as a statistic? (laughs) I
0: think so. Okay. Richard. Um, so measuring populations, is that what you're going to talk about? How do we actually determine this kind of thing? Yeah. That was my segue. (laughs) That was, that was a good segue. There's a couple of ways, Josh. One is um, by counting them, literally counting them like a census. Counting every single person. Right, and that is uh, called complete enumeration.
2: Yeah, remember we talked about that poor guy who was killed or possibly killed himself in Kentucky, the uh, census taker? Right. Oh, I didn't know that suicide was a possibility there. I got a cryptic email from somebody I never followed up on that said that he he, he identified himself as a doctor and uh. I think said that he was uh, part of the group that was... The, the medical examination uh-huh. team and said that they suspected – strongly suspected suicide. Really? My problem with it is is how do you bind yourself in duct tape? <laughs> I don't know. How do you bind your own wrists in duct tape? Well, I'll show you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so uh, my point is – wow, he threw me off with of that one. My point is that uh, he was called an enumerator. Yes. Literally count her.
0: And that's the the people who work for the census uh, whenever they have their, their drive and they count.
2: Right. And that's one way to determine it. Well, let's talk about the census. It, it's gone on every 10 years since 1790, right? Yeah. And the reason they do it every 10 years is because it's a real pain in the ass to count every person in America.
0: Yeah, yeah the real reason they do it is so they can... Well, there's a lot of reasons,
2: but no, reveal taxes. It. taxes. Exactly, taxes. That is the reason why anyone's ever conducted a, cen- a census. Yep.
0: Yeah, well, plus they uh, they they uh, determine the number of house representatives for your state based on population, stuff like that.
2: Oh yeah, there's that too. But you know, come on, taxes. Did you know that um that that the census information mm-hmm. is kept sen- is kept secret for 72 years?
0: Yeah. Aside from the numbers, I believe. Right. The public cannot see that information for 72 years. Right. I wonder why 72, that's odd. It is odd. I wonder if that was the average lifespan at the time or something. (gasps) Dude, Dude, that's got to be it. I'll bet you're right. Okay. The other way, Josh, is to uh, do something called sampling. And that is when um, statisticians use a mathematical formula to determine the minimum number of people that must be counted. And then they uh, multiply that out and basically end up getting a full population. And sometimes, I didn't know this, that's even more accurate than an actual head count. Right. You see that margin of error, it's like plus or minus 4%. Yeah, you got to have a margin of error there whenever you're sampling.
2: Right, because you're not actually going around asking every single person in America, are sure. you left-handed, Yeah. to determine how many people are left-handed. Yeah. But let's say you have a population of a 1,000, and some uh, statistician's been like, you need 100 and do it. Do your egghead voice. No. <laughs> yeah, you need 150 people.
0: The 150 people in, to, that are left-handed, and okay. you can just multiply that out to determine that there are, in fact,
2: how many people? Let's say 10% of the population. 10% of the population. Right, mm-hmm. right. but mm-hmm. your sample is perfect, Chuck. <laughs> your sample has to be a random sample to be an effective sample. Yeah, and you know how they used to do that?
0: Uh-huh. They used to just pick it out of the phone book. Oh, I know. And call people. I know, and
2: that makes sense to a certain extent? No, it Well, back then it made a little more sense. I would think it made, it made less sense, especially if you're talking like 1950 or well, something. Well, it depends on what
0: year. I'd say in the 1980s it was probably a good way, but mm-hmm. now there's cell phones, people in college probably don't have a phone. Poor people who don't have phones at Poor all? Poor people who don't have phones, sure. So
2: that's not a very good way. Cause what about um freight train riders of America? What's that? They don't have phones. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, They're not allowed. I don't think they want them. So sampling is a little harder than uh, it seems. Yeah, right. Especially coming up with a random population, random sure. sample of the population. Um, but okay, so w- so far we've talked about people and where they live. Right. There's other ways to define a population. There's other yeah, yeah, attributes yeah. that people have that we use to lump into population. Yeah, right?
0: it's not just a geography. When people think um, populations, it's not just a city population or state. Yes. What uh, or age. nation? Age. You can have a population of age or continent. A demographic.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: uh, what else? Location, of course. Socioeconomic. Well,
2: let's, let's talk about age. Why would you even want to know age? Who cares? People are old. People are young. Whatever. Right. Well, there's a lot of factors. Like, um,
0: take the baby boom, for instance. After World War II, all these babies were born, so there was a bulge uh, in the population. Mm-hmm. And I just like saying the word bulge.
2: But you got to do the uh, air quotes. <laughs> air quotes.
0: Yeah. So, um. What that will show them then is, wow, we got a bulge here. So that means probably in twenty-five to sixty years, there is going to be some serious buying power, right? Let's in this start country.
2: borrowing as much money as we can right now, right?
0: But it also means in seventy-plus years that there uh, they may be a medical burden and a burden
2: on social security right. and that kind of thing. So let's start borrowing as much money as we can right, right. now. <laughs> yeah, same uh, same uh, result there. I like that, and we'll get to bulges again in a little bit. Yes, uh, but let's move on. Like you said, socioeconomic data, right? Yeah. What? What? Why would they want to do this, Josh? Well, this one, I found. I find this the most interesting of all data. Okay. Uh, you can look at a bunch of people who are maybe related geographically, right? Um, but other than that, aren't related in any other way. Sure. Uh, and all of them suddenly have this horrible cancer, and there just so happens to be some paint manufacturer yeah, or nearby. That. What did you say? High-tension wires. Sure. Which has been proven, I think, to not actually have any effect on people. But... Not in my bu- buddy. Um, so uh, now all of a sudden you have this information, uh, thanks to your demographer friend who went and collected it. Uh-huh. And um, you can say, okay, paint factory, you guys better start giving away some free paint. Yeah. Or we're going <laughs> to sue you. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh,
0: race. Yeah. That's a little more hinky because... Technically, there is no such thing as any difference in different races.
2: I remember watching MTV years and years and years ago, and um, the VJ was uh, interviewing the Beastie Boys. Uh-huh. And he was like, Mike D., I hear you're dating a black girl. You know What's it like dating somebody from a different race? Which is just an asinine question to begin with. But I remember Mike D. going, there's only one race, the human race. And I was like, huh, Mike so that, D.'s right. That was Wise <laughs> words,
0: Mike D. <laughs> that was clearly before he was down with the Ioni. Oh, no that was adrock, sorry, yeah, Adrock's down with the Ioni, yeah, yeah, they're divorced though, so he's not down with her anymore. <laughs> poor Ioni, uh so yeah, race is a little hinky, but you can't actually determine some um useful things when you study populations of race mm-hmm. because of like you know it's important for people to be involved in their culture, yeah and and to hang on to that for
2: sure, I guess racial profiling again i I don't know if I should say again or not, but it's such a hot button issue, right. That, yeah, I don't know. We need to talk about it collectively. That's my answer for everything. Everybody (laughs) needs to get together and decide what we want to do, okay? Well, the other thing with race, though, is if there's a medical problem that's specific to that race that can help out. That, exactly, sure. All right. So, Chuck, we've got all these different factors. Yes. Attributes, variables. Mm -hmm. We've used the word demographer several times. Um, So we know that people study populations. One of the reasons why we study populations is to see how big it's getting. Yeah. And I got to tell you, buddy, the human population has kind of exploded on this planet in the last – several thousand years.
0: Yeah, but you know what, there are reading these stats, there were a lot more people here way back when than I thought.
2: Yeah, again, favorite book of all time, Fourteen Ninety One. Uh huh. Um, Charles C. Mann. Yes. He basically points out that there is probably a hundred million people on the North American or on the, in the Americas uh, in fourteen ninety one. That's awesome. Yeah, which is a fifth of the world population, is way more than anyone thought. Yeah. And the reason why is because 1492, Columbus shows up, smallpox just ravages both continents, and by the time the, the European settlers start coming uh, for real, uh, the place is decimated. It seems like there's nobody there. Right, well, he had the whole genocide, too, thing. Did you ever know about that, Columbus? I hear um, his men used to, like, sharpen their knives on, like, the skulls of live... Um,
0: Live natives? Well, there's the because genocide we talk about later on um, in in the article, but there's uh, speculation that Columbus may have been responsible for like the worst mass genocide in human history. Wow! By completely wiping out the uh, the Taino Taino Indian people. Really? And that was in Hispaniola, which is modern day I think Haiti and Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And they some people say there were only like five hundred thousand of them, and some people say there were as many as fifteen million at the time that were decimated to about 2,000.
2: Decimated through violence or through disease?
0: Yeah, well, through violence, violence, because Columbus came over, set up a camp in Hispaniola with about 40 people, and then left, came back on trip number two, and found that the the Indian tribe there had killed all those people. So he went on a kill-crazy rampage, basically, and completely wiped out the population. Yeah. And they're saying it may have been like double the size of the Holocaust.
2: Wow. So, so happy Columbus Day, everybody. Yeah, seriously.
0: But we do mention that because genocide is, is a way that a population can change rapidly.
2: Well, let's talk about population growth. Yes. All right. So uh, I guess about 10,000 B.C., they estimate that there is between uh, 1 and 10 million humans. So we're starting to slowly grow because by 1,000 B.C., there's 50 million. Yeah. And then by 600 C.E., um, we're at uh, 200 million. See, that's a lot more than I thought.
0: Yeah. There would be at the time.
2: Yeah. I think there was about 500 million, uh, in the mid-15th century. Crazy. So, um, let's go by, let's say there's, a uh, 500 million in the mid-15th century. The 20th century, the industrial revolutions happen. Yeah. There's been great leaps sure. in, in science and, um, medicine. That's when populations really grow is during those big booms. Yeah, because it lends itself to fertility, uh-huh. higher in- fertility, uh-huh. and, um, Longer lifespans. Yeah. Good times breed kids. So the 20th century hits were at 1.5 billion people. Indeed. And then this century, the population of the world has
1: quadrupled. Yeah. To and what
2: like 6 billion. I know that it that sounded like there should have been a drum roll there, but well, I, maybe I'm there impressed was. by that. Jerry might have put one in there, Our producer Jerry. We'll find out later.
0: Uh, and Josh here pro- uh, projecting, the U.S. Census Bureau projects that by the year 2050... There will be 10 billion people.
2: Right. So the reason for this is what we call the Malthusian growth model. Yes. Malthus was an uh, 18th century clergyman. Yeah, Thomas. Uh-huh. He, uh huh. He actually, I guess, inadvertently became uh, one of the great economic theorists. And he figured out that population grows exponentially. Right. So if you have one million people and they have enough kids to double the population, but the next generation, you have four million people. So in one full generation, you've mm-hmm. gone from one million to four million people. Right. Right? Yeah. That's that's big. It is. Especially when the planet is finite in size. Right. And we don't have the ability to go colonize other planets yet. Right.
0: But it's not necessarily that incremental and steady because of what we talked about, which are bulges or spikes and bottlenecks Mm -hmm. like genocide.
2: Right. Yeah. So it doesn't always grow steadily. And actually, Chuck, have you heard of the replacement rate? No. The replacement rate is it's how many kids a woman has to have Mm -hmm. to have a high uh, statistical probability of having a daughter Okay. So that she, in essence, replaces herself. Gotcha. And uh, right now it's 2.33 is the replacement rate worldwide. Uh-huh. And the point of it is uh, to trend toward uh, zero population growth. Right. So for every woman who dies, she has a, a daughter that can reproduce and, and continue on and continue on and continue on. So gotcha. you have overall as many people dying as are being born. So there's no strain. Right, right and there's also no um dearth of well it's uh,
0: equilibrium it remi- reading this reminded me of when we did our big econ audiobook mm-hmm. it kind of population kind of wants to seek e- equilibrium i think like uh just like economics does
2: and, not, and and it doesn't always happen uh organically i i should say it probably rarely happens organically well yeah. let's think about um like you said the baby boom Post-war sure. success in in uh, Europe and um, the U.S. Uh-huh. and Canada, I guess, led to um, a, a huge boom in the population. Yeah. Nobody went to war to grow the population. It was just uh, an indirect effect. So all of a sudden we had a population spike that created a, a bulge. A bulge, if you will. Things can go the other way too, right? which is a bottleneck, right?
0: Yeah, and that's uh, – well, we uh, – and uh, God, if I say genocide one more time – we should do a podcast on genocide. I wonder if there's a
2: drinking game where every <laughs> yeah, time we seriously. say genocide, that's crazy. Genocide, drink. Yeah.
0: Um, famine, disease, uh, something called the plague, I think wiped out like half the world population at one point, or yeah. half the population of Europe.
2: They suspect that, um, in, uh, the fifth century, uh, that would be, uh, CE, mm-hmm. uh, the plague of Justinian may have killed as many as half the The world's population, a hundred million people. Unbelievable! Can you imagine walking around at that time? Like, holy crap! The entire half the world is dead. Yeah, just died in the last couple of years. It's crazy. Well, and
0: the Black Death killed twenty to thirty million uh, Europeans. Yeah, so uh, so that plagues was can up.
2: happen. There's also um I, I was talking to an evolutionary geneticist. This is my way. Sure, at um, lunch today <laughs> recently, and he uh, was talking about a study he he uh, authored where they found two evolutionary bottlenecks, one coming out of Africa, mm-hmm. uh, they suggested it 50,000 years ago, and another one that happened along the Bering Land Bridge. Right. And he wasn't saying like all of a sudden a bunch of people died, but um, these bottlenecks turned up because big groups of people separated into smaller groups of people. Which is which accounts for a loss of genetic diversity. Gotcha. So you have the founders effect because, uh, as he put it, if you take um, if you go into a town and grab the first fifteen people you meet, right, and say let's go found a new town, that new town isn't going to have a representative sample of all the surnames in that town. Sure. If you do that enough times, some surnames are going to be lost because right. people didn't reproduce or whatever. Same thing happens with genes and right. genetic diversity. Wow, look at you. Mm. Good stuff. Thanks. <laughs> Uh can I mention this place in Hong Kong?
1: Yeah,
0: we we're talking about uh well, we should mention population density is the number of humans per unit area, whatever unit you you know you choose to to call it. Right. And the highest ever is believed to have been uh, a place called Kowloon walled city in Hong Kong, and at one point evidently there were 50,000 people in a mega block which is 500 by 650 feet. Yeah. 50,000 people stuffed in there.
2: And apparently it was a lawless district, the Grabster says. Of course. you kidding me? 50,000 people could (laughs) conceivably get along. Yeah. Hands Across America style. (laughs) Did you know that um, in Athens, when Widespread Panic played that free show, there was an estimated 100,000 people there, not one fight? Really? Yeah. That's because they were all on dope. The dope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't there. Were you there? Uh Huh? Yeah. I never got into them. Although I did uh, hang out with that guy, the bass player, Day Schools. Yeah, I hung out with him a couple of times, yes. just through friends. Sure. Anyway, uh, that that park is no. I'm sorry, it is now a park where the uh, walled city used to be.
2: Yeah, which is the opposite of the highest population the, density. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> it's just a park. <laughs> Maybe the highest population of grass, but that's it.
0: So what do we got here, Josh? We got um, population control is something that we've referenced before with our China One Child policy.
2: Yeah, and we talked about why you would want to control a population. A, a huge group of people put a strain on resources. Sure. When resources go away, you have resource conflicts like in uh, Darfur. Uh, again, genocide. Right. Sadly. Um, there's all sorts of problems that come from too many people coming or living in one place because of the strain it puts on resources and resource allocation, right? right. Um and yeah, you can control the population, e.g., you know, state mandated reproduction. Right. Um i.e. China. Right. And that actually works as as China shows, um, although much to the detriment yeah, of yeah. some people. Thank you, Chuck, for that look. And not, uh, <laughs> not everyone thinks um some people think we should add more people though. Well yeah, there's Japan. In other countries there's a problem of population decline. So we talked about the strain um, people put on an area and that's carrying capacity, which we've talked about before. And that's also from Malthus, right that eventually uh, human population is going to outstrip advances in technology or our resources and we're screwed right um, On the other side is shrinking, population shrinking and what's the problem with that?
0: Well, you don't want the population to shrink too much because you uh, you need those hands to go to work and to, to contribute to the economy and to grow the grain and sow the flour and <laughs> all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, apparently in Russia,
2: Japan, and Australia, they all have like little incentive programs yeah. to make little babies. Sure. How about that? Which is the way to go. Remember John Fuller's famous quote um, when he was pitching an article about that program in Russia and he was talking about Putin giving away a TV? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. that was really funny. Yeah, um, have a baby, get a TV. I think you had to be there and check the reason why uh, some of these places are seeing a uh, population shrink and are having to, I guess, give incentives to ha- to reproduce. Right. Uh, started in about 1960. Birth control. It that's so crazy that it had an effect that much of an effect that pronounced of an effect. Yeah. Well, it's, it would seem like it would though. I guess so because it's called birth control. Sure. <laughs> You know, yeah. Before that, it was called "have as many babies as you possibly can." Right. It was called n- "no control." Right. All right. So clearly, there's a lot of reasons to study people. Yeah, it's way more interesting of, than I thought it would be. There's a lot of stuff to study too. Indeed. Uh, you can find out whether or not we're going to kill the planet, or whether um, people need to stop using contraceptives, uh-huh. or whether you know what your chances are of Putin giving you a free TV. Right. Uh, it's all in there. It's all demo, demographers know everything. All there for the taking. So when your uh, frenzy, friendly uh, enumerator comes knocking on your door, don't uh, chase them off your land with your dog or a gun. Right. Let them in. Give them some lemonade, maybe some cookies. Yeah. Well, check their laminate first, but oh yeah, before you let them in. C O A Chuck, <laughs> good going. Uh, and if you want to know more about population, you can read Grabanowski's uh, great article on the site. Just type in population in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Which, of course, leads us to Listener Mail. Josh, I'm just going to call this your turn
0: at Listener Mail. Because I think you have to talk about somebody.
2: Yeah, I just uh, I don't necessarily have too much Listener Mail per se. Um, but I just wanted to give a shout-out to a couple of fellow Toledoans. Uh, one who's a longtime resident and one who's a recent transplant. Uh-huh. Christopher is holding the fort down in Toledo for me. Keeping it real. He has uh, officially lobbied um, the uh, congresswoman from Toledo to get me the key to the city. Dude,
1: how awesome ha- would that, that be? Happens.
2: Yeah. So Marcy kept her. If you're listening.
0: I would like that. If you very get a key much. to the city, we got to go for a ceremony and I at least want to get like a keychain to the city. Okay. And you can have the key,
2: but okay. I get keychain. We'll see what we can do. All right. Um so yeah, Christopher has officially petitioned her. He's he's suggested that I'm the third most famous Toledoan of all time after Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr, Danny Thomas. Oh yeah, yeah. The great entertainer. Sure. And then me. And I was like, I think you're forgetting Katie Holmes. because She's from Toledo. Is she? And uh, he's like, no, you got her being yeah, no, Kate, <laughs> Kate Cruz, you mean? Oh, is it Kate Cruz now? Yeah, give me a break. So anyway, thanks a lot for the uh, effort, Christopher, even if it doesn't come to fruition. If it does, you will get a firm handshake and a free friendlies Sunday of your choosing from me. Oh, I love friendlies. Yeah, we'll be going to friendlies if we go to Toledo, buddy. For sure. Uh, and then I also want to say hi to Colin, who uh, is a uh, recent transplant, as I said. Um, from Colorado, I believe. Who moves from Colorado to Toledo? He moved to Toledo to attend Bowling Green U- State University. Oh, okay. sure. Go Falcons. Yeah, yeah. My brother went there. And uh, Colin did so in an 88 Dodge Colt. Right. That's uh, having a couple of problems. One, the uh, rear struts are completely detached uh, and the axle is holding on by a tread, he nice. says. Um, and the mechanics didn't want him to leave when he took it in for service. Uh-huh. So they're like, you're going to die in this thing. Um, and the, uh, the other problem is it has ants, he says. I've never heard of a car having ants. I had ants in a car once. Really? You can't get rid of them when they Well, that's probably
0: when you were living in the car, which was probably always
2: parked on the ant hill. This is actually prior <laughs> to that, okay. when I lived in the car. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a real problem, and Collins basically just bit the bullet and said, Well, I have ants in my car now. He nice. loves his 88 Dutch Colt. He said he loves Salido. Uh-huh. He's enjoying it. He went to Tony Paco's, as I suggested. I, I gotta try that one day. I also told him to go to Rusty's Jazz Cafe. Nice. So it's as authentic as it comes. It's awesome. Um, so, uh, hey, Christopher. Hey, Colin. You guys enjoy yourselves. Be safe in Toledo. Heck yeah. Go mud down Hens. for the winter. Go Mudhens. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for writing in. And uh, if you want to say hi to me or Chuck or both of us. Chuckers or Jerry. Right. Chuckers, Jerry. Chuck or I. I mean, Chuck or me. Chuck and me. Right. Um, you can put that in an email to stuffpodcast at com.
0: 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at visible.com for data management practices and additional terms. Visit visible.com. The visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Are you thirsty? Well, Richard's rainwater is caught clean before it even hits the ground. Rain is naturally pure. So there's no need for harsh chemicals or additives. Richard's rainwater contains no chlorine, no forever chemicals,